0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: Welcome to Earth Station 1, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there at home and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We're back and we got a music episode tonight. It's been a while since we've actually sat down and done one of these. And we thought, what better way to spend the summer is thinking about tropical islands and desert islands in some cases. And a lot of radio stations used to do this when I was growing up. Your desert island discs. And, you know, what would you be, you know, if you were stuck on an island, what would be the five discs you'd be Wanting to hear. So basically, we're changing it up a little bit. Basically, we're doing albums, LPs. It could be anything goes. It could be, you know, a best of album. It could be a live album. It could be whatever the people who are going to be on the show tonight want it to be. And it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about because each one of us has a different taste in music. And I'm sure we're going to be all the way across the board on this one. So I think. I think this is going to be interesting to see where we go. And you know what? we got a great crew to talk all about it. Of course, it's a music episode. Our music expert herself, Michelle, is here. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: So what was the thinking behind this?
0: It just popped in my head one day.
1: Really? <laughs> <laughs> you were like, we haven't done that. We got we haven't
0: do that done that. Me. Let's try it.
1: That's awesome. Well, it is <laughs> good to have you here. And there's great. It, it took... I had a list of 100, and I had to keep on narrowing it down <laughs> and cutting them up. Like, oh, but one of these is my baby. It's one of my favorites, you know. So it, it really it's was It's tough. It is. So it's going to be very interesting to do. And we got also, of course, Ricky and Bambi from Radio Culture. Hello.
2: Hello. Welcome Give to the out. show. It's
1: great to have weird. you back.
2: It's weird. It's on video now. I'm like, hi. I know.
1: It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, I had to brush my hair, my teeth, and, you know, like, <laughs> So it's awesome to have you both here. And of course, couldn't do the show without my partner, Mr. Mike Gordon, is here. Howdy. How are you, my friend? I am
3: peachy keen. You know, not bad for being stuck on a desert island.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We didn't say there wasn't any electricity because, you know, <laughs> how would you listen to these discs without electricity unless it's solar powered?
4: Solar powered.
1: Exactly. That actually
4: was one of my questions <laughs> on this desert island. Is there a record player? <laughs> Which desert island? The, the exactly. professor made one. <laughs> ah,
1: <okay. laughs> he made it out of the transistor radio. That's out it. Of,
3: out of coconuts and, uh, and whatever else he used, palm you trees mean, and Gilgan's in and...
1: the back just pe- pedaling away to get the record player going. <laughs> Come on, Gilgames 33 and a third. <laughs> 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 9, <35. laughs> That's, That's pretty funny. awesome. It's going to be a fun time to talk all about this. So let's jump in with both feet. We got a lot of albums to talk about, folks. So. Mr. Mike, ready?
3: Yeah, we, we each had to whittle it down to five. Uh, before we get to our picks, let me, let me ask so, so we can get it you know, sort of straightened out. Like, what was your, Bambi, what was your approach to this? Like, how did you figure, did you put any rules on yourself as to what to include, what not to include, or anything of that nature?
2: I actually did. I actually kind of thought if I had to put them together, like, you know, it's different if you have just one album that you're stuck listening to. And I tried to wonder, is like, Is it something I have to listen to on repeat or just when I'm bored out of my mind, I get to put something on. So I actually kind of chose my, my selection based on each other kind of, you know,
3: you
2: know, also like, what would I not get sick of?
3: Gotcha. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to that point too, it's like, yeah, would it be different? Like, obviously this is just a way of saying these are our favorite albums, but is it more than that? I mean, do you have to put more thought into it because you're actually like taking it like seriously, like, oh, I'm really stuck here. So I'm not going to pick this album, even though it's one of my favorites, because I've already got X, Y and Z and I need something else to fill that hole. Right.
2: Yeah. Or there's also the what could uh, what if it all went away, I would never get to listen to these album, albums again. So would I pick one of these so that I would get to listen to it?
3: Right. Right. Uh, uh, Ricky, what about you? I know you've given it a lot of thought on, on the ride home. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's a long ride.
1: It has to it. be a long ride. It has to be.
4: Uh, <laughs> um, well, as I mentioned earlier to you guys, I didn't know if best of albums were, were counted, uh, which they are. I'd also. They can wonder- be Sure. I'd also wondered about soundtracks. Mm.
3: Soundtracks sure. as well, live albums or compilations. Michelle asked me if uh multi-disc uh, collections gonna... were included, box sets <laughs> were included, that kind of thing. And I'm like, you know what? We leave it up to you guys. So you know, would it be
2: like, it could be an instructional video on ha- or a uh, CD on how to survive trapped Whoa. on an island. <laughs>
3: sure. Although, although that's, That's a little bit taking the spirit of the idea a little bit too far. I think I I find it hard to believe that you would want to listen to that over and over and over again. I don't know, but meant survival. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe depend on who was doing the voiceover, right?
4: Yeah. If it's how to get off the island, as narrated by Neil Gaiman, I think she oh, could listen oh, to that, that. that. Yeah. over, and over. <laughs> it was Like
2: yeah.
3: I, think
4: it, or I, oh my I God.
3: think it was, it was the phone book. listened to Neil Ga- by Neil Gaiman. Right. She could listen oh, to that too.
2: Are those awful voiceover things on video memes where they just have the robotic voice? Oh, uh, it's like nails uh, on a chalkboard.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michelle, what? The, what? Any more? thought that you gave into it as well in terms of how you decided? Because you, you, like you said, you or like I said, you asked me about box sets. Was that something that you were prepared to include? Yes. Because some box sets have five discs. No, just kidding. That's it. You're only getting one. No, just kidding. Just kidding. That's it. You're done. Oh.
0: It's, it's the water and, boys forever.
3: And it does kind of depend. I mean, you know, if you're talking about actual, like, CDs, I know for the kids today, they're like, you know, what are those? Uh, but – or vinyl it can be different because, you know, like, um, the, the number of discs can vary depending on your format. So I guess it doesn't really matter. It's just a matter of uh, – what you what you consider something that you would want to bring along to listen to, whether that be a collection or an actual concept album in this day and age of streaming, where people are just getting their tracks randomly, it seems like it doesn't. I'm glad to see that that's still a thing. Mike, any any last words on how you configured your list as far as uh, how you went into it?
1: Oh, I like I said, I started with a list of 100 different CDs and albums and just started narrowing it down. You know, it's like, OK. You know and it literally came down to like five of my children which you know basically was like okay which ones are am i going to listen to which had the most effect on me and that i can listen to over and over again and not just get sick of it also because that's a big thing if this is you know i'm on the island by myself you know and it's not like all of us are on the out on the you know island together you know we're gonna you know you're supposed to be there all by yourself and basically listening to what your only five cds or albums or you know mp3s that survived the boat wreck that you know stranded you on this island so so you know and how much coconut milk you have left to survive with so <laughs>
3: it's true it's true if it's fermented man you can oh you yeah can take that to town
1: <laughs> and then the it's rum so it's okay you know <laughs>
3: All right. So um, and uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see, too, if there's if you guys noticed any themes in in what you picked and and whether or not uh, they have anything in common or not. So so let's get to it. Uh, Michelle, since it was your idea, we'll start with you. What is uh, the first uh, disc that you are taking to the island?
0: Without any need for thought, with no question at all, it is Queen and Night at the Opera.
3: Queen yep. a Night at yep. the Opera. Yeah. Excellent, Good. excellent pick. Uh Queen is on on I knew Queen would be on your list.
0: Now, I'm oh, not yeah. gonna surprise anyone. Just, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> why
3: why uh why that particular album? Why uh, put that particular album from Queen?
0: It has thirty nine on it. It has the Prophet song on it. It's the first one I ever heard and bought. It is it is always my my sentimental favorite and I could not do without it.
3: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, like I like I said, I'm not surprised the Queen and Queen would probably any Queen album, I think. Well, maybe yeah. maybe not anyone, but <laughs> almost all of them. But uh actually on my list, my short list, I had a few Queen albums. On my short list. Uh so uh yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with a lot of their albums. So
0: Probably only yeah. Uh... <laughs> one or two. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, there's probably one that you wouldn't put on your list ever, and i have mine on list. But uh that's for another day. All right, uh baby how about you? What's uh what's your, what's one of yours?
2: Uh Pump by Aerosmith.
3: Mm. Really? Awesome. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, yeah. a good one.
2: Yeah, I actually thought if I had to pick just one, that probably would be it.
3: That uh there was some Aerosmith ones I was considering. Um, and, uh, that one, I don't think I actually have the whole album of that one on, um, um, but, uh, but I think, I think in my mind, that's like their last best album, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for me anyway. I know that they've made about four or five albums since then, but I think that one to me is like has their best stuff on it. Um, their last best stuff on it, if I can say that. So um but uh yeah because it is interesting because some of these (laughs) some of these albums are not necessarily my favorite include some of my favorite songs by these artists right and some of them are not even my favorite artists but they are the favorite like it's my favorite like collection of all of these songs put together in a way that i appreciate more than any of the others yeah um because yeah i mean yeah, neither one of those albums have like have great I mean both of those albums that you guys have mentioned so far have great songs on them, but I don't know that collectively I would put them on there. But there's some that I I think that I think are their greatest songs ever that they've ever done.
2: Yeah, it's also my favorite uh production for an album.
3: Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. So you're hoping that the island has really good speakers. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> really good headphones. Headphones, like noise yeah. canceling headphones. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> There's a nice so you, sound system right there. Yeah, yeah. so you can't <laughs> so
3: you can't hear those ships when they go by. Uh <laughs> I just don't
2: care. I
0: don't care. i <laughs> oh,
3: just listening to my dudes here. <laughs> the rescue uh,
0: ship is going by and Bambi's jamming out. She's like, even notice.
3: Yeah. Uh uh Ricky, what about you? What's your what's your first one?
4: The first one was easy. The first one for me just instantly was no question about it. uh, U2's The Joshua Tree. Oh, awesome disc.
1: Awesome, awesome. That
4: that album literally changed the course of my life. So I didn't even have to think about it. Um, I think the production on that album is great. I think the songs on that album are great. And I've been listening to it since it came out and I've never gotten tired of it. So I don't think I would get tired of it for the three days that I might last on a desert island. <laughs> the three days.
3: In the, one, uh, yeah. When we, when one of the things I I was going to say at the beginning and I forgot was uh, that uh, I would be hard pressed to think that any of our selections were going to match up with any of our, uh, any of us, right? Mm hmm. And yet I have Joshua Tree on my list. <laughs> oh, oh, I, uh, you two was uh, one that I definitely thought I, I, I have to put on my list and somehow. And I went through their catalog and there are other, that's what I was talking about. There are other albums that I think have one or two better songs that I like better, but not collectively as a whole album. That makes uh, sense. Do I figure? And, and I know that. You know, on the one hand, it, there's something uh, on me, too, that's like like it resists the the really popular ones like, um, oh, I, I, I don't want to go for that one because everybody would say that one, or that one had all the hits on it. So I don't want to choose that one. And yet Joshua Tree, I'm like, no, this is the best. This is simply the best. Like there's just no escaping. <laughs> it might be their most popular. It might be their biggest seller. It might have the most hits on it. But damn, that's because it's just that good. Um and it sets a tone and a mood that uh that I always appreciate. Um so yeah, we agree on that one. Interesting. I uh I was surprised. I was I was thinking there's no way anybody is or anybody's gonna match. And as soon as
1: you said that, I almost changed one of mine. But I didn't
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it. It was mine. I'm like, nope, let's go with it. Mike, what about you?
1: All right. Mine's going back to 1968, and it is the Beatles album. It is otherwise known as the White Album, nice. which is a very interesting album for me because it's the least Beatles album that there ever was because they basically all created the song separately from each other. It was the least collaboration, and but for me, it's also... It's a double disc, and it is every song I know by heart. I know all the words I know. And it's one that you just could listen to over and over and over again. And, you know, it's just, and you could tell the differences, um, how much the Beatles had grown as artists. And you could tell truly what was, this is a George song. This is a John song. This is a, you know, paul song this is a ringo song and it's just like and but the, the the themes they come up with this you know you've heard on the radio over and over and over again and it's just it's just so good and it just it spreads like you know you listen to it and you could be in a down mood and then all of a sudden helter skelter comes on and it's like okay <laughs> and everything and it's just it's just awesome you know, so many other songs on it. Bungalow Bill, Ogla Dee, Ogla you know, and it's just, it's so much fun for this album. And it's just, it's one of, the, for me, it's one of the, the Beatles at their best and everything, which is kind of surprising because they just came off of Sergeant Pepper before this. and Which a
3: lot of people, for the longest time, was considered one of the best albums ever made, Oh, ex-
1: extremely so, but... I also wanted I wanted to be greedy and get as much Beatles out there. I, <laughs> I, was gonna, I was going to say, "Ooh, the first double album, the first oh, uh, double all disc. five
2: of your albums going to be Beatles albums."
3: Nope. <laughs> we'll see. I was going to my say, friends. <sighs> Man, you'd really have to like not only love somebody, uh, an artist in particular, but not but hate everybody else if I to pick one artist.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's so. it, to me, it's just such a great album.
3: It is. It is a great album. And uh, yeah, that one was one that I came across and I was like, well, maybe, but it, yeah, it didn't ultimately make my list, but it's a uh, good album
1: for sure. But yeah, because like even when William was born, we played, as William was being birthed, we played Blackbird in the delivery room and everything. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so it has specialties
3: Oh, sure. Absolutely. And and that's important, too. I mean, if uh, like you were saying, that was your first time, your first uh, Queen album. And and I think that goes a long way as well as uh, the memories that are like in, in each of us. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm glad we're doing this. And I wish we had done this, like maybe in our first episode that we'd ever done musically. <laughs> Uh, because this is about what we like and what we don't like. This is probably the most subjective episode we've ever done, which is really cool. I think this gets it out there and people can let, we can let people know like, oh, exactly what we're into and what we're not. Um, yeah. Instead of like trying to tackle the Beatles in the first time we tried to, (laughs) 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 which I'm still like, man, can we do a do over sometime? Uh, -hmm. maybe we, maybe we will, but, uh. All right, so now I guess we're at round two, so uh this two uh mm-hmm. let's start with you, Ricky uh
4: well, T for, two, for two. See from my <laughs> kiss shirt, I'm a big kiss fan, uh, so coming in at number two is the police synchronicity <laughs> <laughs> well, of awesome. course. Awesome. <laughs> I came very close to making it the police box set because that's four CDs worth of material uh, from yeah. all five albums uh, plus B sides to singles that were never on an album. Uh, I felt first of all, a little yeah. bit like I would be cheating by doing that. And I'm not saying anybody else would be cheating if they do something like that, but just for me personally, but If I chose the box set, it didn't include every single song from Synchronicity. Right. And uh, other than the song Mother off of Synchronicity, which is the worst song the police (laughs) ever recorded (laughs) in my mind. It's pretty bad. um, I think if you just take that song out, that is an amazing album start to finish. Yeah. And it's the first album I got... And I got three copies of it when I first got it because three different people gave it to me. Wow.
2: wow. God listen to
4: this. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and side two of synchronicity was like the first music. I I had listened to music before. I'd been into music before. But side two of synchronicity was the first album side that I just really obsessed over.
1: I could understand that. It's interesting because that was the first police tour that I saw and back in Philadelphia and the Go Go's opened for them. And oh, really? Yeah. And it was, it was an awesome, awesome show. And the police blew me away and it was so much fun to be able to see them. Sadly enough, it was their last album, <laughs> technically. <laughs> well, yeah.
3: That's, uh, that's, that, that's a band that, uh, yeah. It wasn't the last time they toured, but man, it probably should have been. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, good pick. I have, I, I the, the set that you're referring to, I think is message in a box. Cause I have that, that's what I yes. have. I think that's the only yeah. police song, uh, police album that I have or collection that I have. And there's been often times where I've been like, "Ooh, I wish, I wish I had more songs from these albums on there, I you know, uh, because there's a, it's a sampling of, like, a lot of their songs rather than uh-huh. the whole complete discography.
4: Another one I had considered was Every Breath You Take, the singles.
3: Right. If right. I was
4: going to drop it down to one disc, uh-huh. I had thought, well, maybe that would be the disc. But, again, then I'm missing a lot of the songs off of synchronicity.
3: Yeah. Just, and you're probably not even hearing the best version of <laughs> – <laughs> the uh um which one is what's the one he remade on that one? Birth uh you take was that n- it no, I think it was um Don't Stand So Close to Me. Oh you're right, you're
1: right. Yeah. horrible yeah. Version stand so
3: yeah. And he wa- I guess the plan was to do all the songs that way and but the band was like, No, we're not doing that sting. So <laughs> <laughs> so all right so that is uh yeah we well we don't match we're not two for two ricky and i are not two for two so uh so uh michelle what's your next pick
0: um staying in the uh mid to early 70s an absolute masterpiece goodbye yellow brick road by elton john
1: oh Oh. yeah that's Ah, a great, great great
4: album I yeah. absolutely can't argue with that choice. Yeah, that's
3: a good one. Mm-hmm. So uh, for those people who might not be familiar with it, why why is that when your pick is that, what does that have on it? That
0: um, It had a ton of singles. It had the title track. It had Saturday Night Side for Fighting. It had, um, oh, God, I'm blanking out because there's so many songs, but so many songs that cross so many genres. The production is just pristine the amazing drum sounds the backing vocals that just shimmer like water on a lake it's just just glorious from pretty much start to finish and uh i've always loved it
3: Mhm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh and uh yeah this is a great album by a great artist that uh mm-hmm. I don't know gets a, well, I mean, they made a move about him, so I guess he gets enough credit. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you could call Elton John underrated. <laughs>
1: underrated about uh,
3: okay. I'm not sure if you could call any of these people that we mentioned so far underrated. So it'll be interesting to see as we go, if there's any deep cuts uh, for us here with, the, with our picks. Uh, Bambi, what's your next pick? Thriller. Thriller. Michael, Jackson, thriller, Michael
1: Jackson, awesome. Another
3: well, that that's under. Yeah. He's underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jackson was extremely underrated. And that's a deep cut album. Oh uh, yeah, it's yeah. Not like were, really <laughs> uh, yeah, that. Yeah. Was there yeah. was there a track on there that wasn't a top ten hit? I don't think so. You
2: know what? I think there was, but uh, maybe eleven.
3: It hit eleven or twelve. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> that was that was huge. I don't know if. I mean I think since then there's probably Lady been A Lady in my
2: life. Album. I don't know if that one was a
3: if there's been a bigger album, but damn, that one that one set like the goalpost for a it's long
2: practically time. a greatest hits. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well yeah. Uh absolutely. And we didn't even know it. <laughs> as yeah. It came out. We were just like, <laughs> Oh yeah, these are yeah, that's another hit. That's another hit. That's another hit. And the title track is cool as well. Mm-hmm. Great videos, of course, with all of those yeah. songs as well. Mm-hmm. Um I know that uh I, I After Michael Jackson passed away, I remember someone, I seen an interview with someone saying that, you know, while he was alive, especially the last few years that he was alive, there was a lot of, and there still is, a lot of controversy around him, which has probably hurt a lot of the music, a lot of the music sales in particular. But now that he had passed, it seems like the songs can be free. The songs are free of him now. The albums can exist on their own now, uh, at least have a better chance. Um, I don't know. Do you feel that that's true?
2: I don't know. I guess maybe different generations aren't aware of it. You know, they don't have that stigma. So yeah, I guess I could see, I could see that.
3: Cause at the time, I mean, we didn't know. Right. So, I mean, yeah. that, we were oblivious to a lot of that stuff. So, so at the time we were just taking it for like, this is really cool music.
2: Yeah. 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 It and, still and,
3: is. It really is good music. And yeah. So it's probably hard for hard, harder for us to shake that off. Uh, even uh, it might, it might not be for some people, but that like when they hear his name might just instantly go, Ew, you know? Yeah. That's yeah at, at the time, time I, I just thought he was
4: weird because he only wore one glove. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I yeah. guess if it was just one sock. Everybody could relate to it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. Dress or what can you say
3: exactly <laughs> exactly he lost one glove and the rest is history he left one on the train and he made yeah. history
0: you, you it's know, in the dryer
2: somewhere check the <laughs> trap. <light up. laughs>
0: a really odd thing about not odd but the album before thriller off the wall Off
1: the wall mm-hmm. oh. it was huge
0: by yeah. the normal standards that we lived by until thriller came out off the wall was a huge huge record and we couldn't have imagined anything bigger than that.
3: Nope.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. So. I mean, because he, he—that's when he crossed over, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, he was kind of already crossing over, but I mean, he really crossed over from into into the pop charts with that mm-hmm. one. Uh, and then Thriller he just blew every chart away. Yeah. Like I just—it <laughs> was crazy uh even the country western it's just amazing uh uh <laughs> mike what about you what's your next pick
1: uh mine is going to be a best of album actually it is the cure staring at the- ah. oh, yeah. and it i i was discovered i discovered the cure back in 1984 and my senior year of high school and it was interesting because I was dating this girl who was a punk rock person. And I had heard of, you know, I had heard of The Clash. I had heard of a lot of the different Brit bands, but I had never heard of The Cure before. And she had pictures of this guy with hair out to here and everything on her refrigerator and posters. And I was like, who is this guy? And she says, you've never heard of The Cure? And I would like, no. and. It's like, I've heard of the cult, but not the cure. And <laughs> it was like, and so she said, Oh, you're in for it. And she played me, um, kiss. Um, I think it was, um, one of like Japanese dreams or something like that. And it was just an amazing, amazing album. And I fell in love with the band and I, there was not a song by them I didn't like. And it was, awesome and everything they put out after that I started picking up of course and just and you know going to finally see them in concert not too long ago was just amazing for me but you know having when they came out with the best stuff you know staring at the sea and it was just like literally every song was like everything I loved and it was just great they they literally took you know Everything and, you know, and it's like when you listen to the Smiths, half the time you want to put a gun in your mouth, where when you listen to The Cure, you were like, these are lullabies, These are folk tales. These are true adventure stories. And that's what I loved about The Cure. You know, Robert Smith is all goth and everything and out there, but he is a storyteller and everything. And that's what I fell in love with. And that was pretty awesome about it. And the cure, there was nothing out there like the cure. And that's what closest to it was like Susie and the Banshees and everything. Which,
2: yeah. 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 They seem to be popping up everywhere now, too.
4: You know, exactly. uh, Robert Smith used
3: yeah. to be in Susie and the Banshees. Well, exactly. he was for a little while. Yeah. Exactly. After he quit the cure and then went back to the cure. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they, yeah, they, they, uh, they did a lot of that. And, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to discover the cure pretty early on in the early 80s as well. And uh, they didn't make my list. They came close. But I, like you, Mike, I couldn't, there's so many great songs, but I couldn't think of an album together that just wouldn't, like, like, as you said, the Smiths kind of want to make you put a, put a gun to your head. Well, in my mind, the, the, the Cure kind of want to make you just sort of slit your throat very slowly. <laughs>
4: You <laughs> not to say that that's a bad out. thing i was to like
3: just, man it's just a bad thing it's not that it's a bad thing because you just want like, to like it's a bad thing just, just like you just you want to kind of go a good way. It, and lull yourself to like you know to oblivion listening to this especially like you know um disintegration uh yeah. or uh, something like yeah. that you know like i mean it's beautiful absolutely beautiful but there is a, a morosity to it, I guess, if that's a word, um, that I, I, is great. Um, but I think if I was stranded on a desert island, I'd be like, too much. <laughs> but yes, but and that's the thing. Like you said, they do do some songs, Ricky, as you pointed out, that are like kind of poppy and up. So, like Love Cats or. Yeah uh friday i'm in love or that kind of thing so yes if you did have a greatest hits that would include those as well and then you could sort of you know balance that out a
1: bit you could you hold off from putting the the razor to your throat god just a is little that, bit
3: maybe I, not maybe not go as deep
1: okay you know, song, remember, folks, it, this, that's mike gordon who said that not mike favor so. <laughs> is
2: it the song he's singing about a spider oh is it that lullaby is oh, that it's
1: lullaby is awesome spider yeah. yeah. it's awesome at,
2: at the school, uh, yeah. we ended up having to teach some of the kids the songs, and uh, they had never heard of The Cure before, and we ended up creating a lot of Cure fans because of that song.
1: That's awesome.
3: Yeah. Got that, a freaking yeah.
2: awesome bass line.
3: Yeah. Oh, and they're yeah, amazing musicians, and there's a reason that when people think God, like they're the, they're the band yeah. that comes up, like it's just, it's that they represent that whole kind of movement, and they're right in front of it, and... Yeah, they're unbelievable. And I've uh, seen them live. We've seen them live. And they, I, yeah, I'm not saying that anybody should not see them live or, you know, <laughs> listen to their records or anything like that. I just, no, at 65. I was just going, I was just, going, Smith, I, was just, I, was just I was just going with the metaphor.
1: <laughs> at 65, Robert Smith is still out there performing and sounding better than ever, truthfully. And you know what? He put on a th- almost a three hour show. And each night after night after night, that's just amazing,
3: yeah, yeah. I don't think they get enough credit for how talented musicians they are, so uh, so yeah, good call there um i I could not make a list of favorite albums uh without including one of my favorite artists, which is Prince uh I've probably talked about him a number of times on the show, um, I could probably like say, pick five take five Prince albums with me on the island and I'd be fine. Uh, so it was very difficult for me to, to whittle it down to just one uh, Prince album. But when I looked at it, I had to go with the one that probably means the most to me. And that sign of the times, not just oh, because cool. it's a double album, nice. cool. but because this is after the, the huge success that he has, with, uh, you know, 1999 and Purple Rain and with the revolution and everything like that. Uh, you know, he breaks off with the revolution and then he goes out because he wants to do his own thing. And a lot of people are like, okay, well, let's see how good you are just by yourself. And he comes out with Sign of the Times, which is just one of the, I think, there's not a bad track on it. Not everything is a hit, but every song I think is a winner on that On that tune. Uh, and, and he does so much of it himself uh, and he, finally, it's not just, he's not just talking about like, which he does really well, sex, love, and all of that, everything that goes into that, but he's talking about like other things. He's yes, he, he feels like he has something to say maybe for the first time ever. And this is a guy who did like controversy. Um, but I also did dirty mind, right? This has got like the best of every side of him. And, uh, I, I, I love the album when it first came out. And, uh, you know, I got sort of sidetracked by some of the other stuff he did. Um, and then when about a few years ago, they put a re-release of this album out and it was like remastered and everything like that. And I listened again with almost new ears and I was like, yeah, this is, this is the best. This is the best that I think Prince gets. I mean, there's better, you could argue that Purple Rain or something like that is a better album, but this to me is just the best of Prince. Uh, so so that was no question for me, um, even though I had to whittle it down. Like I said, I could pick four other albums uh, of his, including, like, he has two greatest hits that I was like, OK, that's an easy way out. But um, but uh, Sign of Times is, does it for me. So. All right. So now we're going to go with round three, third album here on the list. We're almost halfway there. Uh, Mike, we'll start with you.
1: All right. Mine is going to be real easy in the late. I guess, 90s, um, small little movie by Quentin Tarantino came out called Pulp Fiction and had one of the most amazing soundtracks, literally starting with Dick Dale's uh, Mary Lou. And it is just awesome, you know, literally. And I love how they, you know, literally put in cuts of the actual text from the movie and everything into the soundtrack so they open with it i love you honey bunny i love you you know so it's pretty amazing and you know they have the statler brothers counting you know flowers on the wall they have you know cool they basically have you know get down get down jungle boogie and you know it's just really awesome but then they also have urge overkills you know girl you'll be a woman soon which is a neil diamond remake they made for the movie and everything which is pretty amazing, and it's just you know you know Dusty Springfield, and it's just so many amazing, amazing artists on this, and that's the one thing I always love about a Quentin Tarantino movie is the soundtracks.
4: And yeah. what was this yeah. movie called?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was called um um. So one of the more obscure the ones. Yeah, that's it. So <laughs> Exactly. The it's it's friction. pretty awesome.
4: Pulp friction. That's right. Pulp friction. Exactly. <laughs> Do you recommend the movie or just the soundtrack?
1: Just the soundtrack. The movie oh. <laughs> the worst. One of my favorite movies ever. So it's it's it was just it's one of those soundtracks, you know, you could just if you're again, if you're in a grumpy mood or something, put this on and it is just smooth all the way through, which is awesome.
3: Absolutely absolutely yeah soundtracks are and yeah that he's tarantino is definitely one of the best uh gatherers of music uh for his soundtracks i think almost every single one of his soundtracks is a winner Mm -hmm. Uh, i have almost all of them i think in my collection and they're all great all great yeah. yeah uh he manages to find and he manages it's kind of like he like what he does with actors too. He manages to find obscure actors or actor or like songs that not people are familiar with, but then make them huge because he he puts them in very memorable situations where you can't you can't not see the scene while you're listening to the like while you're listening to the song ever again exactly which I guess is bad or good depending on your point of view but well
1: exactly, and it's interesting too because I think the only other director I could think of. That comes close with that is James Gunn, with his soundtracks that he does.
3: It's, yeah. That's, that's he's right up there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Don Hughes was known for that too. Oh uh, oh yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, and a, a few other people too. I mean, there's yeah. some really great soundtracks out there. So I wouldn't be surprised if some another one doesn't make it on someone's list. Uh, maybe who knows? Maybe. Uh, anyway, uh, Michelle, what you got for your next pick? Uh,
0: kind of a deep cuts album. It was tempting to put one on here called Anthology, uh, 1968 to 85, but I went with Todd Rundgren's Nearly Human.
1: Good album. Great album. Um,
0: again, the first one that I heard from him, uh, has a song on there called Can't Stop Running that I just adore. Um, I, I think I adore every track on it. Um. Like I said, it was tempting to to bring all the hits, but uh, I have a soft spot for this one, it's coming with me.
3: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I knew. I'm not expected, I'm not surprised to see uh, Todd on your list as well, since mm-hmm. we've seen him like 1,400 times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not as much as Davey.
3: Uh, no. but uh no probably but it was close for there for a lot a long time um but uh yeah so uh but yeah we don't see Todd every time he comes but um but yeah we have seen him a lot and uh so I was not surprised um and uh yeah that is a good album as well um and is that one from this when what what era is that from uh 1989
0: 1989
3: okay okay I wasn't sure because he he goes way back um like you said um the late 60s is when he started yeah so uh, uh bambi what about you
2: uh, this is going to be one that uh not many people are going to know but Ooh, <laughs> october rust by typo negative
3: oh interesting. <laughs> because that
2: one hits home for me
3: that that's one, a tell.
2: yeah that one i don't know much to say about it other than i love that album so
3: <laughs> much well, um, that one is a deep cut for me. I, I'm not yeah. familiar with. I know I'm familiar with the band a little bit, but not that particular album. What I mean, what, what what are we talking about? What kind of music? What what are we talking about in terms of what it makes you feel?
2: Um, as far as typo negative albums go, it's probably the prettiest of their albums. It's the most heavy on the love song theme, and I mean, for them, they're all kind of love songs, believe it or not. But or breakup songs i have a lot of breakup songs but that one's just very very beautiful i don't know
4: secretly some of the songs are about his cat
2: yeah well yeah that's a lot of them actually (laughs) songs on bloody kisses is about his cat (laughs) he said nobody wants to wants to hear a six foot eight guy crying about his cat so he turned it into a
3: love song (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) yeah that's very cool that's very cool um I, uh, for my next pick, um, this is sort of, you can sort of consider this a soundtrack album in a lot of ways. And this is one that I went like back and forth, back and forth. This was probably my pick that I was like, you know, in 15 minutes, it would be something else. Uh, but, um, I love, but that doesn't, that's nothing against the album because I love the album a lot. I have played this album a lot. Um, and, uh, it is actually a Queen album. Mm. And it is, uh, the Queen album, uh, a kind of magic. Mm. Cool. It is, uh, got the, uh, the, the title, uh, not the title track. Um, but most of the songs on there were written for the movie Highlander, yep. uh, the first Highlander movie. Um, and, uh, the, uh, the, the song that it first appears on, on the album is from the movie Iron Eagle. So a lot of the tracks on here are, uh, related to movies. But it's not co- really considered a soundtrack. Um, uh, but it's, um, each one of the band members contributed. Um, and it's just a lot of very powerful music to me. It's one that I crank up to 11, so to speak. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's not it. it I could have gone either way on, on about three other Queen albums too. Um, but my love for Queen came a little bit later than yours. Um and uh, I think I was introduced to them from the game. I think that was the first Queen album that I bought. And that one almost made my list as well. That one I could have chose instead of this one too. But when it came down to it, it's like, oh, what do I feel like listening to right now? This is, uh, Kind of Magic was the one for me. Cool. I'd
4: like to say a little something about that album. Sure. My father and I saw Highlander in New York City, <laughs> and that was before I was really into music and my father and I both loved the soundtrack so much that we spent years trying to find it. And nobody ever told me this kid going into record stores saying, Hey, do you have the soundtrack for Highlander? Oh, nobody no. ever thought to tell me you need this queen album. Cause it's pretty much the soundtrack for this. Nobody said that. Wow. So my father and I never found that album.
1: Oh. Wow.
3: The yep. uh I know that there was a imported h- album for Highlander that did contain com- some of the tracks on it. Um but that was one that I didn't find until later and it was more ex- way expensive because it was imported. Um but you're right they could have done a better job at at saying hey this album is is the soundtrack to Highlander they had done so much they had done so well doing the soundtrack to Flash Gordon that I'm really oh. surprised that both the the movie studio and the record studio didn't really promote that album as much as they could have so yeah that's, that's a, the first a
4: album I ever the first soundtrack that I ever sought out
3: wow wow that's cool that's cool um well ricky i think it's your your pick Uh, you're the next pick here for round three
4: yes um this one was a very very close neck and neck between uh two pink floyd albums Mm. um wish you were here and animals and uh i i think i'm gonna have to go with animals okay but by the time this show is over, it might be wish you were here.
2: <laughs> all right.
4: Whichever one I pick, I would regret not having the other one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, um, we have a, have we have we established that there's uh, weed on this island.
4: <laughs> because because
3: Pink Pink Floyd is definitely one of those where you're like, okay, is there weed on the island? Because that you know that would
4: yeah that right. has no bearing on my decision at all.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it does. Um, so why why that that why that up in album in particular by pink floyd uh both wish you were here and animals
4: are albums that were kind of go-to albums for me throughout high school and college just when i felt overwhelmed and they were kind of calming i guess and I imagine if I were stuck on a desert island, I would be a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> and I would probably want one of those
3: albums to listen sure. to you to just kind of mellow out. Ah, I thought you were going to use it to like to scare the wildlife or something. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. I mean, I love Floyd and uh, they were big uh, when I was growing up. I think the only Floyd album I actually have, though, is The Wall, of course. Right. So that's one everybody has, right?
1: Actually, I think I might have all of them.
3: That doesn't spread. Which one's pink?
1: Exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. I think that's everybody's third round, right? Yep. Right there? Okay, so now we're getting down to the last two. Uh I went with for my uh fourth pick. I went with something really mellow. Probably one of the, the most mellow thing on my list, but uh it's one of the best. Um, I really, really, really love, uh, female vocalists. I love, uh, blues. Um, I love sort of jazz, um, bossa nova, that kind of stuff. And this might be all, one of the most recent ones too. That's the other thing too. I was really hard pressed to find some recent stuff that would make my list, but this, and this doesn't, this isn't even that recent really. It's about, I don't know, 15 years old now or so, maybe even 20. Uh, but it is, um, the first album from Nora Jones, "Come Away with Me."
1: Oh, wonderful album! Wonderful. Uh, She's like silk. Listen, it's her voice is just so amazing.
3: I listened to this album and I said, "I have just fallen in love with this woman." <laughs> I, I have I've fallen in love with this album. I've fallen in love. Period. I mean, it just it's just like a dream. It's just like a beautiful, lovely dream. Uh, it's so well done was so well made and what an outstanding first album to come out. Uh and uh yeah, so that's uh that's my pick for round four. Uh what have you got, Michelle?
0: Well it's called Soundtrack, but it is not a soundtrack. Uh it's soundtrack nineteen seventy eight to twenty nineteen by Midge Ewer. Oh, oh awesome. If you don't know who he is, he's the guitarist and lead vocalist for Ultravox. He also wrote Do They Know It's Christmas? Mm-hmm. Uh, helped to spearhead Live Aid and Band Aid. Um, double double CD still leaves off one of my all-time favorite songs, which is something called Just For You, but I had to get my maximum midge, so this crams in Ultravox and midge. And...
3: So this combines his music from different yeah. uh eras and different bands and so, solos.
0: So uh, solo albums, Ultravox, some Japan, um some collaborations. So yeah. Maximum Midge.
3: Maximum Midge. Yep. Mm. Awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. We're getting into some more obscure stuff now. I mean not mine was, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Bambi, what's your next pick?
2: Pretty Hate Machine by Nine Inch Nails.
3: Oh, Ooh wow. Yeah. Great.
1: (laughs) Nice.
2: I have something angry on that, you know, island. Uh
3: huh. (laughs) That's, that's that's some angry. When
2: you're trying to crack open that freaking coconut that won't open, it are really thirsty.
3: You could, you could really crack some firewood, uh, with that, with that album. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm glad Nine Inch Nails made the list because, uh, we got a lot of Hall of Famers, uh, actually rock and roll Hall of Famers Mm -hmm. that we've uh, mentioned so far. But yeah, they are, uh, That's incredible. Awesome. Uh, Ricky, what about you? This album
4: to me might as well have been a greatest hits album. It was the doors first album. Mm Because even though they had a lot of hits later, obviously the first album, I like just about every song on there. Mm And uh, i I thought about Greatest Hits Doors albums, but they would surely leave off some of the ones that I I really like from that first album. And they'd probably include the one that I like the least from the first album. So I might as well (laughs) pick the first album.
3: (laughs) The, uh, I think that's one of the few times that one of us has selected an album that was produced and released way before we were born. Um, so how did you discover this album and the, and the band?
1: Uh,
4: I don't remember the first time I was aware of The Doors. They're, um, they're one of those bands that it kind of feels like they've always been around. And I guess for my entire life, they've always been around. <laughs> but um, I think that that was the first album I I had by The Doors. And every album I got after that, I felt kind of like, yeah, this isn't as good as that other one.
1: Mm.
4: So uh, they were a band. When I first I first got that album, I remember thinking, yeah, this is a good album. And then maybe I got another Doors album and I thought that other one was better. So I, it made me want to go back to the first one again. And that was like every time I got a Doors album. And they all had great songs, but they all also had songs that I wasn't as into so i'm i guess lucky i i found that one first just because and it, it's probably in high school somebody just was talking about different bands i should know about and the doors popped up but uh the first real band that i was in was heavily influenced by the doors Ooh. and uh the singer who wrote most of the songs for this band that I was in, Jim Morrison was a huge influence on him. So I kind of feel like I was in a a band that was like a knockoff of the doors Mm -hmm. as my first real band. So I think that's part of why they mean so much to me is because when I started learning how to play music with other guys in a band, that was sort
3: of our template. Gotcha. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, I noticed when I was going through my most of my albums, too, it's amazing to me how many times I selected uh, a band or an artist's first album. And even though some of the albums that they came out with afterwards, uh, I, I liked a lot of songs from them. But it's amazing to me how many first albums i was like nope this one can't be beat nope this one can't be beat i mean in the case of the one i just said Nora jones i'd liked her a lot of her other subsequent stuff but man that first album uh there's something about sometimes i mean i guess when uh you know when the first album comes out and it's and everything is magic it's not to say that it's diminished later but there's something about a first album that just is so special a lot of times.
4: You know, a lot of times bands have had five years to write their first album and yeah. six months
3: yeah. or or week to yeah. write
4: their second That's album. That's a good and point. And there's also
2: that need to get whatever it is out. And once it's out, then it's just like, how do I capture that magic again?
4: Yeah, I think, right. though, really, it's just you have so much time to work on that first yeah. album. You may have written three times as many songs as you needed. And you're picking the best of the songs. And then for that second album, maybe there's a few that didn't make the first album that you already had written. But a lot of bands have said by the time they got to their third album, they had three weeks off of tour that they had to write, record and release an album. And they didn't have anything left that was any good. And so they just felt pressured and rushed. Yeah. And and you only see until... album.
1: That's why I see bands only with one really good album and then after that they fall slowly fall down because of Yeah, that. yeah,
3: yeah. Well the yeah. studios get involved too because yeah. they're like the record companies like we want this, this, and this, we don't want that, that and that. And when they were doing their first album, nobody told them that. They were just yeah, doing it it what they because they didn't know it would be a big album. Yeah.
4: Exactly.
1: We want another single from you. We want this. We want yeah. that. So we we really, want
3: what you did on that first album, or we want you what you did with, to make us all that money. We do, exactly. We want that again. You remember <laughs> those
4: four singles? Can you rewrite them so they sound a little different, but not really? <laughs> yeah.
3: So we can legally release them again mm-hmm. <laughs> and make a lot of money. Uh, Mike, what about you? What's your next pick?
1: Okay, this is going to be a no shocker to many people out there. But my second album, my number two album on the list is actually the first okay, really up. mainstream album by the Grateful Dead. It's called American Beauty, and I'm shocked. I know. Isn't it shocking <laughs> on this one? This is actually their most known album in from the early '70s because this is the one where they actually had trucking on it, which was their only until Touch of Grey came out in the '80s. It was their only top ten hit.
4: Really? Yes, I didn't
3: know that.
1: And it was really interesting that you know this is you know this album came out. They were forced to record it because, um, their manager ran off with all their money. Basically they signed them to a deal with Warner Brothers and, you know, re-signed them up and the dead didn't want to. And basically they, you know, were forced, they were out of money. So the Warner Brothers said, here, record it. Do you have more songs? And so they scrambled to get this all together and they were, they recorded this in two months. And literally, it's one of their classic albums, because they put out Working Man's Dead, you know, the same year, because that was, and so, because in 1970, they came out with Working Man's Dead first, which was mostly all bluegrass type music, and, you know, folk music and such, where this was more rock, folk, and, you know, some blues, all in. Box
4: of Rain on? on yeah. uh, Box on of Rain
1: else. opens this one. And it's literally, you know, you've heard, um, for Grateful Dead fans, you've heard, you know, most of the songs that are on this. It starts with Box of the Rain, then it, then it has Friend of the Devil and Sugar Magnolia, and then it has Ripple and Broken Down Palace, and then ends with Trucking, which is just, you know, it's, song after song after song and they had you know people from the jefferson airplane sit in with them because they needed you know some extra musicians they also had um crosby stills and nash doing background vocals and it's just wow. you know so it's just it's just amazing and that they did this all and you know so they had some of these songs playing around because with the way the dead always worked was they played the songs live many years before they actually recorded them on album like Touch of Grade, they had been re- re- playing since like 1975 Really and, Yeah and so it's it's pretty awesome you know stuff with the dead and everything with that and it's just and this is one of their you know most rushed albums but it's best one of the best known for that
4: I uh I played that album for my father in high school he he heard the band name and was like, I, I'm not interested in listening to this at all.
3: Mm-hmm. And
4: I played it for him and he said, this is not <laughs> what I was
3: expecting. This
1: is
4: really good. Exactly. And I, I think he was expecting Metallica or Black Sabbath or something. Yeah.
1: But- mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, Grateful Dead. You know, oh, my God, that's heavy metal. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Far from it. So I'm glad the, the island is on it. So we're fine. So it's cool. Yeah.
3: But- well, you know. I mean, there might be patchouli on the island as well. So. Oh, no! Power,
1: well, so yeah. So.
3: Exactly. You only have to wash in salt water. That's exactly. True. So, <laughs>
1: but yeah. So no, this is and to me, it's like one of those albums I could just listen to over and over again. Out of all the dead albums, you know, there's a couple other ones that are just as good. A lot of their live stuff, but this is amazing. And then. You know what they went into like with europe 72 right after this and, you know stuff like that which is pretty cool yeah
3: very cool um all right we're gonna close out the the fourth round uh second to last and uh this one was uh when i was looking i have a weird weird journey when it comes to my uh history of listening to music back uh for most of my life but there was a time in the early 80s or so where if people asked me what uh kind of music I li- listened to I said I like music without words. Yeah. Um which is not entirely true but it was a l- very much true uh because I listened to movie soundtracks a lot and uh and classical music too but I miss I listened to movie soundtracks I think most of my record collection was movie soundtracks movie scores to be precise. Uh and uh the the key guy that was part of the, my collection was john williams and the soundtrack so i had to pick a soundtrack here and i don't know maybe it's just because of the way movies not and it, no it's not there's no other song i think that moves me more hearing live than the theme song to raiders of lost ark when it's played by an orchestra Ooh. and and uh i mean michelle can attest to it we saw john <laughs> williams i've seen john williams conduct it twice in my lifetime i've been that lucky um, never with the London Symphony Orchestra, but with other orchestras, and it's just as powerful. It's m- m- my, in my opinion, it's the best movie theme song I've ever written. But the rest of the soundtrack is so solid too. I'm constantly like, if I listen to the soundtrack, I can picture what's going on uh, in on the screen in my head because it matches so perfectly. Um, there are theme songs to all the characters. There's a theme song to. The Well of Souls, their theme song to places, to set pieces. Uh, Marion's theme is one of my favorite love themes that's ever been written. Uh, I think it's just a brilliant soundtrack. um, And I had to include at least one soundtrack on this uh, out of this five. And there's no, in my mind, there's no better one than Raiders of Lost Ark. It took a long time for them to release a actual complete soundtrack. The one that we had for decades after the movie came out was just just uh random songs put together and called a soundtrack it wasn't actually music cues from the movie but uh they finally did put together a, a complete one and that's the one i would select but um the other one is solid too cuz it's just great music uh and i was and as i mentioned last week when we talked about the new indiana jones movie i was glad that uh that john williams was able to come back one last time to do that music because he's the it, he's the best at it so Good choice. Absolutely. Thank you. Um and uh yeah, so I have a soundtrack. Not quite a, a soundtrack that you were talking about, Mike, but I had a soundtrack on there as well. All good, right. So good. our final discs uh that we're choosing, and I, I, I don't know to me I'm not going in any particular order. Uh so I haven't really counted up or counted down. But uh Mike, I, I understand that you're counting up. So I'm kinda curious as what the as at the number one spot.
1: Because I think you ma- th-
3: you've, you've been you've been counting up, I think.
1: Oh, I have. Um, This is also not going to be much of a surprise to folks who've listened to the podcast in the past and everything because we recently did an episode on this band. We're talking Murmur by R.E.M. is my number Mm,
4: number Oh, that's a great album.
1: And it is the the first official album because Chronic Town was their EP that they put out first and that just celebrated their 40th anniversary Mm -hmm. Oh God, I feel old. And it's an amazing 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 band you know you had the two mics you had bill berry and you had peter buck and it was it's just an awesome album you know everyone a lot of people who are rem fans know radio Free europe but also you know there's just so many great great songs on that disc and you know it's it's it took everyone by surprise because no one expected it You know, B-52s were the big band at the time from Athens, but then R.E.M. really put Athens on the map, which is really cool. And it was, it's just awesome. And, you know, you had, you know, albums and songs like West of Fields, Talk About the Passion, you know, there's just, and each song is different on this album. Is Orange
2: Crush on there? No, that was green. was was, green. That's
1: way, way down. Okay. Ah, eighty eight. Yeah. So it's Please,
4: uh <laughs> uh don't go back to Rockdale there.
1: No, Rockfield's on in their second album. Ah. It's on uh, reckoning. And but it's it's just it's just a great, great album. And it you have, you know, so much great, great stuff on the album. You know, you have pilgrimage, you have Perfect Circle, you have you know, we this is We Walk and West of Fields, like I said, Catapult nine by nine and you know it's just it's awesome because you know mike stipe at this point was very shy up on stage and he didn't even turn half the time to face the audience Hmm. and stuff (laughs) and so and it was in for a while it seemed like peter buck was going to be the front man for the band but then mike stipe finally broke out and you know
3: that's an understatement
1: yes Literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Our friend Sue, you know, because Judy and uh, Sue were at at uh, UGA at the time, and um, Sue had such a crush on Mike Stipe, and everyone kept saying, "You're not his type," Don't. <laughs> 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 and everything. So it was it was always interesting, and you know, it's the stories you hear, and you still hear them to this day about. You know, R.E.M. playing in an old church or R.E.M. playing here or, you know, at, at the pool hall or in the football field or, you know, and it's just like and people it's awesome. And it's it's Athens folklore and it's pretty awesome. And I got to go see them when I was 16 for the first time. I got snuck into a little bar in Georgetown and it was one of the most eye opening concerts I had ever been to. So. Was R.E.M. Cool. was
4: the first concert I ever went to. Really? Yep.
1: That's I awesome
4: I tickets so that I could go with this girl I liked, and she went to rehab, so I went with J.J. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, at least he still went. That's yeah,
3: awesome.
1: yeah. It so was that's, a my, that's my number one, dude.
3: Absolutely, very yeah. cool. Very cool. Uh, Michelle, what's, uh, what's your last pick?
0: Well, it's the joke was that it was their Greatest Hits album, but it wasn't. It was their first album. The second one on my list, produced by Roy Thomas Baker. It's the Cars' first album. Yeah, it's oh. a good one. <laughs> there you go. Yep, I have to have that one, two, three punch of Bye Bye Love, Moving in Stereo, <clears throat> and all mixed up. Gotta have it.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: That's
1: good. Very cool. That's a good one. Very cool. That, that is a good one, because that's one you could listen to over and over again because you know and i love how the songs just roll right into each other on that which is really cool Mm
3: -hmm. absolutely yep uh bambi what's your last pick
2: all right it's another one that nobody's gonna know but me really (laughs) awesome
1: that's okay you know it's also picking
2: another one by the band (laughs) because it's the the flagship album for them, and it's the one that got me into the band and that is bloody kisses by the band typo negative i know that again well yeah you know because you i've heard by the band that i've seen the most i think yeah that was my band so anyway it was that is awesome it's what put them on the map and it's also the band that it's the album that somebody introduced me to their music by letting me listen to them
1: what about the album really moved you and everything
2: uh it started with uh I had never heard Peter Steele's The Singer. I had never heard his voice before. It was two of my friends were arguing over if if they could have anybody's voice, who would it be? And they were, they were arguing over it would be either Peter Steele or Ozzy Osbourne. And I was like, well, I know who Ozzy is, but who's Peter Steele? And they're like, you've never heard. Hold on. And they, oh, they put on the album Bloody Kisses and... It's the yeah, if you skip the first track, they're they're notorious for their first track on their albums being a joke. So you gotta kinda get to the second trap second track before you actually get to music. But the second track actually starts with Peter Steele talking, like just saying something, and it's like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> that moved things. <laughs> Hello puberty.
0: Uh-huh. So, like, Wait yeah. a
1: minute. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling something down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: So that's
1: that's awesome.
3: Know?
1: Yeah. Very awesome.
3: Cool. Very cool. Yes, that is awesome. Uh and is that two from one band on your phone? Yeah, list? it is. Yeah. Wow. That's yes, amazing. It's like,
2: oh, the two albums. I'm like, if I never got to hear them
4: again, those would be that would be heartbreaking.
3: That's outstanding though. That's really cool. Uh Ricky, what's your last pick?
4: Uh just to clarify, I started with number one. The Joshua Tree was my number one. Gotcha. Synchronicity number two. Um,
1: we're all going all different directions in life it was yeah. difficult
4: yeah. for me when I got to number five it was difficult for me after number two honestly but it was difficult for me by the time I got to number five because there were just so many albums and that's why I thought maybe we were doing a top ten <laughs> uh, so it's yeah, it's um, it, it's one this is one of four that it very easily could have been. But I'm gonna go with Yes is Tales from Topographic Oceans.
1: Awesome. Awesome, awesome.
4: It's uh I don't even think it's a lot of Yes fans' favorite albums by Yes.
1: No. But um It's a good album though.
4: It's a double album. It was probably one of the first really big albums that I got into. And uh, I didn't find it until late. I was into Yes in high school, but I didn't have that album. And uh, a friend of mine in college was listening to it in the car. And I was like, man, what is this? This This is a great album. And he told me about it. And I went and got it and listened to the whole thing. I like the entire album. It's just, uh, it's so big. It's such a big album. Um, I have, you know, four other albums, or three other albums that it easily could have been at number five, but I'm going to go with Tales from Topographic Oceans.
1: Sweet.
3: Yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. I must admit, I am not as familiar with them, but I, knowing you, that doesn't surprise me.
4: (laughs) It, uh... (laughs) There wasn't a single.
3: There was no single. <laughs> That's cool. Are they? They're in the Hall of Fame, aren't right? they? Yes, they are. I yes. think yeah. so. Um, my pick, um, for my last track or my last album is uh, maybe can people can could consider this a cheat. It might be. Yeah, it is a compilation, um, and it's multiple discs, and uh, but I couldn't go any other way. Um, and this is uh, Sound and Vision by David Bowie. Oh. Um, oh. I, was looking, mm-hmm. I was looking at um, all the early Bowie stuff that I love so much from uh, Space Oddity to Heroes to Ziggy Stardust and all of that, which is so amazing. I just found it difficult to select any one of those in particular. And Sound Division Vision is not a comprehensive uh, complete discography of that period, but it's got a lot of tracks. And what to me is amazing about it also is that it's, I think it stands on its own. It takes the tracks and actually puts them all in together in a way that you're not automatically thinking of the next song on the original album, uh, that is going to come next. You're not going, Oh, that just feels wrong because it's on, it's not on the original album. Instead, this collection just feels right. And even it's got different, it's got B sides. It's got different versions of songs, which I've learned to love. Um, But it's a great, it's more than just a sampling. It's just a great collection of music. I mean, if I, I was fortunate enough to see Bowie play a few times and if he had just played these songs from this, uh, which I think he did on one tour, uh, which I missed, but if he had just done these songs, I would have been more than happy. Um, there are, there's definitely later Bowie that I love a lot, but this particular period of Bowie from the, the first, I don't know, decade or 15, 20 years that he was doing music, I think is the best music that's almost ever been made. Uh, it's just so good. And, uh, one of the reasons why I love him so much. And, uh, um, and I think the, the reason why I haven't picked a lot of his later albums, um, is because I just haven't caught up to them yet. He's so, he's so before our, our time that I think in about 10 years, I might be able to grasp like some of the stuff he was talking about.
4: <laughs> Cause I'm so only just,
3: is, is
4: that your number one or your number five choice? I did not. I did not.
3: I did not rank them. No order. Yeah. I just. I just. Yeah. I just went in order. Um. And the fact that uh, when you select, when you said, uh, I was wondering if I was going to do them in any kind of order, but then once you mentioned Joshua Tree, I'm just like, well, I'm going to piggyback off that and then screw my order because I'm just going (laughs) to go with whatever I have here. Uh, because yeah, it's hard for me to rank any of these over the others because you know they're it's 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 all a what am I in the mood for and they're all great right they all are just great this is great music that we're talking about here and i think all of us have picked uh have picked music that you know if we're stuck on an island not so bad <laughs> it's not going to be so bad um and uh, I, I haven't missed anybody right we're all done we're all done we're all done any any I found it really difficult when I was listening when I was picking mine to pick something more modern. Most of the stuff that I picked is stuff that I've discovered, music I discovered in my teenage years in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um did you guys find that as well? Because I, I just found that like I just feel like that's the time where music made maybe, maybe for me, most of an impact.
1: I have a couple of my honorable mentions, which we'll be doing in a little bit for our YouTube people. So, a little hint for people to be watching us on YouTube hint, 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 yeah. that we'll be talking about in a few. But um, I have some that are probably within the last 10 years or so. So,
3: yeah, there's a couple of ones that, yeah, I picked as I, I've chosen as well that are from the past 15 or so years as well. But nobody, but it wasn't, but they are not the the, the ones that hit me and that age the albums that have hit me like when I was a teenager those are the ones that have stayed with me and I feel like I look I'm over 50 years old if I'm not sick of those albums by now I'm probably never going (laughs) to be I had had one that came
4: out since 2000 that I it was one of the contenders for number five on my list yeah and uh, I mean if you ask me my list tomorrow it might be number five
3: but, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you ask me this tomorrow, I, my five would be a little bit different, too, I think. Uh, there are some things that are probably going to be the same no matter what, mm-hmm. but they're all going to be in contention. Um, these, the ones that I mentioned today. And uh, any other observations uh, that anybody else got when they were making their list?
1: I love how it was so different and everything.
3: <laughs> yeah, we only had one match. Yep. And that was surprising. And I almost bowed out of it. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go with uh unforgettable fire. No, just kidding.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that would, would have been a great choice too.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. And well, there was a couple other, there's a couple of others too. It's certainly not their, Yeah. Not their only great album. That's for sure. Right. But, uh, Anyway, well, cool. Well, I hope this helped a lot of people. Uh, if they are going to planning to be stranded on a desert island at some point, I hope this uh, helps them select maybe their playlists. Um, or if, uh, if there's certainly songs on here or albums that people have not familiar with, uh, I hope they, you know, connect to them through Spotify, streaming, however they're getting their music, or buy them on vinyl, because I think every single one of ours is available on vinyl. Uh, I even own some of mine on vinyl. Uh, back in the day. And I still have them, I think, uh, some of them anyway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun guys. I'm glad we were able to do this and, uh, talk about these are some of our favorite stuff.
1: Awesome. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back to close out the show.
5: Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the Insidious movies. So, the new Insidious movie, The Red Door, is out in theaters now, so in anticipation of going to watch it, I rewatched the first two Insidious movies as a refresher, since it's been a little while. And also, just because I like horror movies. All the movies in the Conjuring universe are really fun popcorn horror flicks, and it's really cool how they all seem to intertwine with each other from mentions in each film. This mostly happens in the actual Conjuring movies, where the references for The Nun, Annabelle, and Insidious, but it's still really neat to catch those Easter eggs for all the different films in the universe. There are a bunch of jump scares in this film, but with all the creatures and spirits, the jump scares really fit this type of horror movie. There are also a lot of very nice atmospheric scares that even out the jump scares for me. The Insidious films follow a family that one of the sons has fallen into a coma and the doctors can't figure out why he won't wake up or what is even wrong with him. The boy's mother starts to think that the house is haunted and that has something to do with it since stuff will move, she'll see people walking in the hallways, or like one of my favorite creepiest parts, when someone changes a record that's playing in her house And she sees a figure dancing to it while she's outside coming back in from taking out the trash. The family contacts a woman named Elise who can connect with spirits. And we find out that the father, Josh, also had the same ability as a kid to go into the spirit realm like his son who is currently in the coma. But it was suppressed because the spirits kept trying to come into our world through his body, much like what is happening to his son now. If you have not seen this film, I won't spoil anything else past what I've already talked about, but the spirits in this film are super creepy looking, and the first film does end on a small cliffhanger and goes right into the second film. So that's really, really cool. I'm really interested to see how the third film connects to the other two and how the title, The Red Door, plays into the film even more, since The Red Door is referenced in the first two as well as a place where a lot of the worst spirits go and have their, like, secret layers. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Hi, I'm Gina Schock from The Go-Go's, fabulous drummer of The Go-Go's.
1: Hi, this is Tony Levin of King Crimson.
4: Hi, this is David Fishoff of the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp.
1: Hi, this is Richard Evans. I am the author of Listening to the Music the Machines Make.
0: Hi, this is Teresa Kariakis, punk rock photographer.
1: Hi, I'm Tom Beaujour, author of Nothing But a Good
4: Time, and you are listening to Modern Musicology. Modern Musicology. Modern Musicology.
0: You're listening to Modern Musicology, so, you know, Pay attention. You might
1: learn something. So that's going to wrap up another episode of the earth station one podcast. Let's thank Ricky and Bambi for being here tonight.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you. Meow, meow, meow.
1: Anything you guys want to promote? Do you have any uh, shows or anything or point you to the website or anything? (laughs)
2: Bambi? <laughs> yeah, like, that. I'm like I don't know. You asked me, I'm like, I don't know where we are until I check the like the calendar. <laughs> Facebook? <laughs> yeah, we're on Facebook. Uh, Radio Cult on Facebook. So that's probably the easiest. I usually I try to post every all of our shows there, but you know, sometimes oh. I get black. Like,
4: if you want to go check us out and see yeah. shows from like five years ago, yeah. uh, there's a list of yeah. those at RadioCult.com. I know the website that hasn't been updated in so long, you'd think that we had broken up. I know, I, t- <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to figure out
2: a way to get the server to work again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just take a hammer to it. That's what most people do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. And Michelle, thank you for this topic. It was great tonight.
0: Yes. Thanks. Yes. Yeah. Sure
1: anything you want to shout out about or anything or promote.
2: Nope.
1: No music. music you want to just play?
3: Nope. <laughs> nope.
2: But my cat's awesome.
3: Exactly. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. What about that what about that podcast that used your uh, article as a reference? Hey, uh, cool.
0: That was oh, pretty awesome. cool, You're right? Famous. That was
3: really That oh, was pretty cool.
0: Um some friends of mine, uh Eric and Mary Layton have a podcast called Hall Watchers. And uh, they had an episode called, Why is Estelle Axton not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And they cited my blog post from early 2022 um, about Estelle Axton, which um, I was quite honored by. And why isn't Estelle Axton in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?
3: Yes, if you want to know (laughs) why she should be, listen to the podcast, read her article.
1: Nope, totally understand that. Very cool. And Mr. Mike, we've made it through another one, my friend. We
3: did. and As always, it's my pleasure.
1: Anything you want to shout out about, sir?
3: Yeah, I thought it would be a little bit too self-serving and maybe self-indulgent if we picked like albums that we produced. Yeah, so, it's like, why was it? Yeah, Tiki Zombie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it, it it should go without saying that Tiki Zombie uh, it would definitely be an album that I would want that i never get tired of listening to and that i would want with me at all times because it is an amazing album and largely thanks to the two of you as well as many many uh, other uh, talented folks um and you know there's other albums that you guys have been part of too that are amazing as well uh so uh i yeah i don't know why you didn't pick them no just kidding that's a that's a that's between you guys but um uh yeah they, that uh you guys are you guys are creators of really great music as well uh, and lovely. stuff that uh i definitely wouldn't mind
1: having on an island with me as well that is awesome that is really really awesome very cool it's and can you still get the disc out on amazon and such uh
3: the tiki zombie cd i still have a few of those uh they are it, it's streaming you can get the uh, that streaming as well and uh, all there yes yes and absolutely. Um our Spotify numbers are crazy stupid too, but I mean in a good way. Good. Um, I was gonna so... say,
4: hopefully that's a good No,
3: <laughs> it's good. It's good. I'm like <laughs> I look at them, I'm like, wow, people are listening. So I mean that's yeah, some of
4: the songs cool. are on Spotify playlists, yeah. so we're getting a lot of wow. unique listeners. That's great. It's good. He scared me awesome. because yeah. yeah. I thought he's
2: like crazy. And I was like, Wait, you mean like in the negative? Like
3: No, no.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All good.
3: All people good. are returning their listeners. <laughs> <lessons. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I, mean, like, I, I listen I'm to can, this, but I don't want anybody to know. Exactly. Can, I, can, can, I, can I subtract my listen, there. download, available information? Can I, can I detract that?
1: <laughs> okay. um, my shout out real quick is a new cartoon that actually started on HBO. Or sorry, Max for everyone. It's the new Superman cartoon. It's called, oh. of course, My Adventures with Superman. The first two episodes have popped up on there and they are awesome folks. And this is not an older Superman. This is a young Clark Kent uh, just starting at the Daily Planet and everything. And it's awesome. It is one of the best adaptations of Superman. And I love the cartoons. I love what they did in the 90s and everything. But uh, this is just so far, this has been awesome and everything and definitely worth checking out and it you know there's certain points where you just like okay it's going for a younger audience but then there's other times it's just like okay this is this is the way lois should be this is the way clark should be this is the way jimmy should be you know and it's it's great and i i'm looking forward to what they're going to do with it so definitely cool. check it out. yeah
3: that's cool yeah, better watch it on Max before it disappears.
1: Exactly, because everything on Max is just going... Because you
3: know. everything on Max has like a short attention span. Like if you blink, you might be gone.
1: Exactly, unless it's a reality TV show or something. Then it'll be up there forever. So that's a whole, that's a whole nother rant for another time. But we're not going to get into that. But you know what, folks? We thank you for everything you guys have been doing. Thank you for listening. And thank you for the numbers we've been getting. Our numbers have been up and we are you know doing really really well um folks over on good pods have been sending us our numbers and we've been doing gangbusters over there and you know keep it up you, thank you thank did you you make
2: like the top number of whatever it was i saw your post
1: yep we did
3: we have uh, been making it very high on some charts and it's, That's it's great. unbel it's another unbelievable crazy thing in a good way.
1: So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, it's just it's like people are listening. This is awesome, you know. <laughs> so it's 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 great that people are and we love doing the show for you guys and we're gonna just keep on doing and doing and doing. And as we do it, you know, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, as we like to say. And you know, like we said, we couldn't do this without you. If you want to support the podcast, please check out our T Public store and get some cool ESO Network swag. Also, remember, if you want to listen to our show, please check out our show before the rest of the world does, because we are up on Patreon, and patrons get us two days before the rest of the world. So you can listen for as little. anybody as little really get months. us? Do they get us? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really, but it's all whole. <laughs> But they they could try. Them. They could try. But they they get get a few extra
2: us. days before everybody to try to comprehend. Well,
1: exactly. <laughs> Nobody really gets us. They try to figure us out, but they don't get us. So, you know, it's but that's a whole thing. But you can check us out at patreon.com/eso network. Want to thank our patrons for this week. Of course, let us thank Jill Sanders, Wildcard, Rob McIntyre, and Jacob Haller. Thank you so much guys for helping support us. You know, It's great knowing that some of these people are friends, some of these people we've never, ever met before, and they're still supporting us, which is really cool. And you know, it's not like my mom's just up there, you know, writing a check each month. (laughs) But it's like, okay, here's for your hobby, dear. Thank you. (laughs) We wanna hear from you guys, of course, please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you could also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found. And of course, Our station one is up on YouTube now. That's why we're doing the video portion, folks. And you know what? Thank you for watching. Our subscription numbers are still going up. Want to get to 100. Then we want to get to 200. I want to get to that magic 1000 number because that's when you start making money. So it's pretty cool. So, you know, we're figuring out these algorithms real quick, folks. So definitely tell your friends and tell your neighbors, like and subscribe and ring the bell if you get a chance. We'd really, really appreciate it. On behalf of myself, of course, Mr. Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Michelle Borg, Ricky Zero, and of course, Bambi Lynn. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. We'll see you here next time on your Station One podcast. Listen to some great music this week and enjoy some desert island treats if you get a chance. We'll see you soon. Peace and we are done. Bye. you've been listening to the Air station one podcast a show by fans for fans if you enjoyed the show please subscribe to our show up on itunes or wherever fine podcasts are found while you're up there please rate us and remember to leave feedback it would greatly be appreciated and remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it EarthStation station one is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats